Hey everyone, welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast, this is episode 84, today's date is June 23rd, 2017, I'm Robert Ring, with me are Jay Totoro and Blake Corey. Hello, happy Friday. Hello, Friday happy. Wait, whoa. That was good. Yeah. It's been a long time, guys. It has actually been quite a while. a long Too... time. What's this song? I think I should be going. Yeah. <laughs> Who, uh... How have y'all been doing in the past like three weeks? Uh, what kind of okay. loss, what kind of? It's a, been a hundred and eighteen to hundred and twenty-two the last couple of days here. Uh yeah, actually I saw that. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's actually crazy. Like you go outside and your extremities start curling up because they dry out so fast. You're just like, oh my uh-huh. god. It is actually terrible. It sounds pretty terrible. Do you even go? Yeah, you actually, you actually I cannot would go outside. never want to live in like Georgia or. Uh, Georgia, Arizona, places like that. No thanks. Well, that, that's like two completely different things, though, because Georgia's like... Uh, they're both pretty bad, though. Oh, like, don't get me wrong. I would much rather deal with hot, with dry heat than... Fucking oh, yeah, for sure. Million times over. I've Not lived in... I've been around dry heat, and I've been around humid heat. They're both awful, but humid humidity is like the worst thing ever. I don't think Georgia's really known for getting crazy hot, is it? <clears throat> uh, it oh, gets it really humid with, with heat. Yeah. And, with, oh, yeah. with heat? Heat makes it hot? Well, sorry. I meant to say humidity. Oh, yeah, more humid, but I don't think it makes up for it by any means. Oh, absolutely. It's worse. Yeah, Are you kidding it's me? way worse. Have you been, ever been in humid heat? Oh, dude, I live in Alabama. This is the home of humid heat. Yeah, you're used to it. Like, the, the my weather here doesn't bother me that much. Like, it's annoying, but it's... No, don't get me wrong. Humid heat sucks ass, but I would rather live in, like, 90-degree humid heat than a fucking 125-degree right. dry heat. We, we just no found way. something to bet on for your player's guide. Let's do a survey. What's the... F- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, oh my! I mean, I've been in both heats. <clears throat> They're both bad. Yeah, they both they all suck. I to, for me, Arizona. I, Arizona feels like I'm standing inside an oven. Yeah, with, while the oven's on fire. That's what I've been saying all week. Yeah. And here it just sounds like it feels like I'm standing inside somebody's sweat. Yeah. See that the thing that grosses me out is like when you take a shower and you get out and you dry off and you're still wet. That's what bothers me when I when I go to places with humidity. Yeah, that, that is like that's true. 24/7. That does suck. I did that the other I day. I took a so I took a cold shower and got out, and I was still sweating anyways. Yep. But like, whereas that you have to deal with that, I literally go in my house, turn on my air conditioner, and I'm good to go. That's true. It's you just you just have to not go outside, pretty much. Yeah, more or less. And your car is dummy hot. So you have to oh yeah. One time, my sister. Shortly after she moved to Arizona, she accidentally left a carton of milk in her car overnight. Oh, God. And she said she went out to the car, and she couldn't tell what happened at first, but, like, apparently had it exploded and shot straight up into the ceiling of her car. And the whole, like, ceiling of her car was covered, was, like, soaked in milk. That's disgusting. I know a lot of people here have things like crayons melt in their car. That's a thing here. Yeah. That's disgusting. I've heard of CDs melting in cars also. Really? That's insane. Yeah. Shit. Jesus Christ. But not like not like in the CD player, but like up in a you know like in the dashboard or like in the back wind windshield or something. So uh, yeah, it's still pretty fucked. Um, the only news I have is this is kind of old now, but I believe it was since the last episode. Uh, the cat um the Castlevania series that's coming out on Netflix, you know. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 had a t. Uh, pfft, wow. Can you talk? <laughs> it's 
It's had a teaser okay. trailer come out for it. Oh. And it basically looks like anime. Well, I think we talked about that. I feel like. I, maybe we did. Maybe. I, don't, I don't really remember. <clears throat> because I don't know if I talked about it on here, but I feel like I did. I know I talked about it in some other places, but it looks like Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Which was yeah, it does kind of. And it was a really good one. Yeah. Very reminiscent of that same artistic style, which kind of makes sense because it's a game about vampire hunting. So, or it's a, it's a show about a game that's about vampire. Right, right. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I can see that. But anyway, it's kind of interesting that we have something now. I wonder, I didn't really know what to expect, so this didn't like really shock me one way or the other. I was kind of like, all right, cool. Looks like I was pretty into it once I made that connection in the art styles. I was like, yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I was already into the into the idea of the show being made, and right. the art style has me kind of sold on it more so than I was before. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Do, you, do we know when it's supposed to come out? I think it's later this year, but I don't know. Um, when. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh. But that's all I've got for news. Anything else awesome happen that I'm not thinking of? Nothing I can think of. Uh, Metroid 4. Or Metroid Prime 4. Well, yeah, there was a lot of stuff announced at E3. A ton of stuff. And I Metroid, think we... whatever the DS one. Anyway, did anything... So we got new Metroid games, couple Switch stuff. Anything um, relevant a ton to of us? Nintendo stuff, actually. That was Nintendo actually that was probably had the best cool conference. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. Two new Metroid games, a remake of Metroid 2 from Game Boy, uh, which kind of gives an answer to the whole, why is Nintendo shutting down this fan-made remake of Metroid 2 if they're not <laughs> going to do anything with the IP? Uh, there was also the mention of, well, the announcement of Metroid Prime 4, which is not being done by the studio that did one. Uh, a lot of people don't seem too bothered by that, Cut me, yeah, hold on. You're cutting in and out. Am I? All right. I've got my. I'm messing around with my mic. Trying to get. <laughs> yeah. Get a specific thing. All right. Here. If I bring that down, maybe around there. I'm trying to make it so it doesn't pick up. Like if I put a glass down on my desk. Anyway. So uh, Metroid Prime Two, then Metroid Prime Four, which is not being done by the <laughs> studio that did one through three, but I wasn't super into one through three, so that's not a big thing for me. I'm not super bothered by that myself, and I'm surprised that more people aren't kind of upset about that. Um, Mario plus Rabbids crossover game looks way better than it has any right to. I like, didn't actually see any footage. Fun. It's essentially um, like XCOM. It's a strategy RPG done very similar to <laughs> XCOM works, I guess. And it's got Mario and Rabbids instead of Alien. What is your thought on it, sorry? It actually looks good. It's like I went into it not having any ex expectations at all. I wasn't like, oh my god, it's rabid, so I'm already upset about it. Blah, 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 blah. And I me. didn't go into it being like, ooh, it's rabid. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, whatever. It's going to be a game. I'll take a look at it. And if it doesn't look good at all, I'm just going to skip on it. And then I, I watched what they showed off at E3, and it was like, this is actually really really intriguing right now uh what else did they show off there the new like mario, mario mario odyssey some stuff a little bit of that on that looks amazing looks really really good i'm hoping that unlike most 3d marios i will actually enjoy it 
I'm, I'm trying not to watch any of that stuff specifically. I want to. Oh, this is one that I want to try to do as blind as possible. Yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors looks like a Warriors <laughs> title with Fire Emblem characters. Wow. Uh, the cast Great. is a little bit more limited than I was expecting it to be. I figured they'd be hitting like twenty or thirty. <clears throat> Seems more like the they're going to be low tens, probably, uh, which is very, very surprising. It is, and it's not. I guess it's surprising because we saw this exact same thing happen with Hyrule Warriors, where the launch cast is much smaller than you would want out of a Warriors game. But with Zelda, there's honestly not that many characters that work super well in a Warriors-style environment, I feel like. So it wasn't too shocking. With Fire Emblem Warriors, however, there's so many Fire Emblem characters that it should be easy to have a roster of... You should be able to get 20 characters in your sleep, if not 30 or 40 characters. And instead, everything is kind of pointing at it being a, about a Hyrule Warriors-style-sized cast. So uh, I'm hoping that's not exactly the end case, but it probably will be. And yeah, let me actually pull up E3 Recap. I think this was the website. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. There was a lot of really like boring shit, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else was like really exciting. Um, out of Nintendo specifically, Super Mario Odyssey... Uh, Breath of the Wild DLC stuff. Oh, that's right. All right, the the big one, the other big ones here. Um, new Kirby game. Oh yeah, yep. that's right. Which looks super fun again. Which looks fun, of course. Yeah, uh, new Yoshi game. Whatever. That looks alright. And the big, big granddaddy of announcements that they just kind of threw out there, like, oh, oh right, yeah, we're doing this. Oh yeah. Pokemon RPG coming to oh, fucking yeah. consoles for the first time. In over two decades of the series, That's that nuts. is insane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the other people, they didn't have too much to announce. Honestly, there was uh, the Monster Hunter World was the biggest announcement out of the Sony conference. Sounds like it's going to be very much a Monster Hunter MMO style game. More along. I wasn't that impressed with that. I mean, I it's like, the fact it's the fact that it's going to be coming to PC and PS4, and not just be on a single handheld system, nothing like that. So that's going to be really, really, really fun. Uh, the rest of the Sony stuff wasn't too big. Some God of War gameplay stuff, video looks happened. really cool, but I mean, it's God of War. Yeah. What are they going to do? God of War. Hopefully, it'll be fun when it comes out. Uh, Ubisoft's conference. That's where they showed off Mario Rabbids. Uh, South Park, Fractured Butthole, it, it might actually get released eventually. Uh, one of the things that did kind of come out of left field was a South Park mobile game, which looks like it's going to be a card-based game, and it may end up being kind of interesting. Hmm. Who knows? Uh, moving on to the PC gaming show, we had Shadow of War, which is the sequel to Shadow of Mordor. That got shown off and talked about a little bit. Uh, oh, we had Driftlands shown off, which... I believe was an RPG by the guys behind Don't Starve. So that's kind of neat. Uh, Tunic, which looks very similar to 3D Dot Heroes. In other words, it looks very similar to a Zelda title. Pretty dope. Uh, Wargroove. This is one that all of you Advance Wars fans out there are going to want to keep your eyes on. Wargroove is essentially a player creation driven Advance Wars style game. Strategy RPG, top-down. Uh, there's going to be community-based maps and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Uh, Total War Warhammer is getting a sequel. 
Ooblets, which uh, is being done by Double Fine, which is, of course, uh, the guys behind Broken Age. In other words, Broken Promises. And Boom. what Damn. other games did they do again? I remember. Uh, Halloween Quest? Costume Quest. There we go. Costume Quest and some others. Uh, it essentially looks like The Sims, but with a ooh, cutie skin laid on top of it. Hmm. Not sure if that's that. the case shit. or not. It, uh, that's I what I got from it. Yeah. You, uh, in my opinion, you didn't miss anything. Uh, Bethesda probably had the worst conference there where they went, hey, look, we're showing off VR, and Skyrim is getting released for the 50th time, and now it's coming to the Switch. Uh, it was basically, it was just a total lame, lame showing. Uh, Microsoft's conference, I remember being pretty good. I only got to catch the last half of it live, but I went back and looked at some of the other stuff, and it was pretty neat. We had some stuff about Monster Hunter World, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. Uh, some news about more Yakuza games coming out to the West, I believe, happened. Arms is out, and I need to go pick that up. I forgot about that. I keep forgetting about that. Oh, wait, no, this thing didn't update. That was the problem. Freaking E3 recapper. Okay, so the Microsoft conference, uh, Gundam versus. Don't know exactly what that's going to be. Uh, so it did have... No, the thing is just breaking on the site for some reason. Okay, whatever. Electronic Art. No, it's it's just shattering. You want to work? There you go. Sorry, the website I'm using to show the recaps is really, really dumb. Uh, Electronic Arts' conference was okay. A lot of people are stoked about A Way Out, which is two guys in prison that break out, and it's a two-player game being done by the guys that did Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So imagine that game, but more AAA. That's fine. I wasn't. Okay. I never played the original Anthem. Looks like it's gonna be Destiny, but with mech suits where you get to fly around. Maybe that is literally know. what everybody so far that I've talked to has said about it. Yeah, I I have like zero interest in the game. I don't which, care for which game's that. It's, being, it, uh, it's called Anthem. It's being done. I think the biggest reason I don't like it is because it's being done by Bioware, and I just don't care for Bioware at all. Uh, then they closed out their conference with showing off Star Wars Battlefront 2 a ton, and I, it looked good. I don't want to say that I'm excited for it right now, but it looked good. Yeah, I agree. Um, here we go. Microsoft, they showed off a Life is Strange prequel. Yeah. I don't care about Life is Strange because I didn't care about the story, and I don't care for Telltale Games style video games too much. It was cool for a while, but it lost its, uh, like I've never even made it through Walking Dead season one. I couldn't get into it at all. Uh, let's see, more stuff about Anthem, uh, Ashen, which I can't remember, but I remember it being talked about a bunch. Cuphead is finally getting an official release date after being at the last two thousand E3s. It's coming out in just a few months, supposedly. I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but hey, cool, Cuphead finally, maybe. When so when's that supposed to come out? Uh, in a couple months, I want to say August. Okay. Something like that. Sounds hmm. right. Uh, and then probably my game of show, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I am pumped as hell for this really? game. Really? I'm oh, so happy I'm to hear that. So stoked for it. It looks awesome. Art wise, it looks great. It's being done by <laughs> the premier anime style fighter video game 
uh, developers. Uh, the guys behind Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, etc. And oh man, this should be good. That should be really, really good. I'm hoping so. It, it helps that I've been on a pretty big Dragon Ball kick for a while, thanks to Dragon Ball Super being out. And this just looks fun as fuck. I would definitely prefer a 1v1 style game, but I'm down with the 3v3 idea, at least. So yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z that's going to be coming out on a couple different systems. It's supposed to be coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, and that was the only major announcement that was at the Microsoft show that I cared about. Easily winner, overall company winner, had to be Nintendo. Super Mario Odyssey, uh, Mario Rabbids actually looks good. Breath of the Wild DLC, yay, DLC for a game that I liked a lot. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors and Pump 4. Yoshi I don't care about, but other people are pumped for that. Metroid Prime 4. Kirby. Uh, the unnamed Pokemon RPG on consoles and Kirby, like they yeah. just Nintendo destroyed it this year. They are doing a great and, job. And, and not only yeah, that, I think they did it, too. I couldn't believe how long they dragged out some of the other conferences. Like they were just standing there talking and talking and talking and saying really cringy one-liners, and then it would go. I thought this like, was like the best year for that, like as far as not being bad. About oh that. yeah, this year was definitely better than the previous ones, but Nintendo like had pretty much none of it. Like it was actually crazy. Yeah, I think that uh, that's kind of how I was like for Nintendo. I was like, all right, they gotta like, okay, the Switch has is off to a strong start. Now they have to like show people that they're gonna cr- be creating like some awesome games that people are gonna actually want to play on it. Because right now there's like yeah two, and uh, they needed a really good E3, and they had a pretty good one. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it was still very solid. Yeah, I they were, the they needed to thing... announce like first party stuff i think specifically like that's yeah. what didn't want it to, and like you know not not like new stuff like fucking arms or something but like you know properties that people care about so they came out with yeah like, i was expecting kirby pokemon and all kirby, that shit i was expecting one between kirby and yoshi and then they dropped both and i was like oh well there you go yeah and i was not expecting any metroid news and no. they really caught with that but yeah they needed to come out big at the c3 they did a pretty good job of it i really would have loved some more information on Project Octoroth or something like that, which is the game being developed by uh, the team behind Bravely Default and Bravely Second. So it's going to be an RPG. I'm obviously pretty excited for that, and I would have loved more information about it. But we've got to wait until, I don't know, Tokyo Game Show. I hope there's some news about it there. And if not, then just whenever. Right now, Nintendo. Don't make me wait. Yeah, don't make sweet Nintendo. Go ahead and release Pokemon. I am very interested in the console Pokemon RPG. I don't know what their plan is with that. Me too. Considering they called it an unnamed Pokemon RPG, that implies that it's not just a re-release of Pokemon Sun or Pokemon Moon or whatever the ultimate editions of those are being called for the 3DS. Uh, or the the sequels to them, or the alternate stories for them, or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, it implies to me that it's its own thing, and that has me pretty excited. The only thing I'm waiting for now is an F Zero game. F Zero. There were a few people surprised that there wasn't news about an F Zero there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm well. You know, it doesn't surprised me too much given that they just released mario kart 8 
No, I'm so not really surprised wanna, necessarily. Yeah, they might want to try to have their racing slash driving based games spread out a little bit more than that. Yeah, possibly so. Okay, then. You heard it here first. Your E3 oh, recap. Oh, oh. <laughs> first. Let's talk about games. Stayed off the internet for the last two weeks. Yeah. That's what <laughs> most of our listeners do. They wait for us. Pretty sure. I don't know about that much. Let me pull up my let me pull up the randomizer. Oh. What, you got something? I was just gonna say something. Go ahead. You can say something. <clears throat> can I? Do I have permission? Mm-hmm. No, I received a uh, second player's guide in the mail. What? Yeah. What's this all about? Well, what's this all about? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so which reminds me, I have a question for you after you give us oh, I was just some more say, details. Is that all you're going to say? <laughs> say who yeah, or that's what? all I was going to say. Nope. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I received another player's guide in the mail. This one's for Final Fantasy Tactics. And oh, shit. I've been, I've been reading this nonstop. It's actually really interesting. And the artwork's like super classic. It looks really good. Um, and it was from the Young Chase. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Damn, that's I'm pretty sick. Non-stop. I know, I'm super excited. I should have it right here. See? Uh, no, I can't see anything. But uh, hey, right, but here. that reminds me. Oh, I hear it now. Yeah. Sounds like a book. Sounds like a strategy guide. Does it? Mm. Did you? All right. So we were informed by um, Mike Badzilla that the package that he sent Jay. Yeah, it was supposed to have a <laughs> in- cartridge in it. And I still can't find it. A DS cartridge. And you still can't... So basically, you got thrown out. Uh, no, I still have the packaging. I <laughs> actually... I. Th- but you've looked... Have you gone back and looked through the packaging? Yeah, I have. I'm hoping that I didn't hear it. So it probably got thrown out if you've... I'm so sad. ...gone That's back and curious. looked through the packaging. I'm more curious about what it is than actually wanting to play it. That's my favorite part about it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, anyway... <laughs> but thank you very happened. much, though, regardless. It's, it's, yeah, I know. That sucks, too. Thank you both of you guys, actually, in that case. Well, me and him? You're welcome. No. Okay. Um, all right, so my the randomizer says we're going this order. Robert. No, you're going first because you might... Okay, I just already said your name. So it Robert. Matter. You're going first in case you have Blake, and then Jay. And I'm going second. I'm not going third. Well, you're going to have to take that up with random.org. Blake, do you mind if I go second instead of third? Um, yeah, you'll owe me. Okay. All right. Okay. Fuck you, randomizer. That's the... all, right. <laughs> uh, all right, I played Full Throttle Remastered. Full Throttle was a, or is, a LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. It came out for PC in 1995. And the remastered version of it just came out, I believe, in April. It's taken me a little while to get around to it, and also I was playing some other stuff that I wanted to get to first in the meantime. So I just now finished it. Uh, the the premise of Full Throttle is you play a character named Ben. He's the head of a like a biker gang called the Polecats. He's like a big, strong, tough dude that wears like, you know, leather jacket, boots and all that. Kind of like a sort of a stereotypical biker guy. He rides uh, like kind of like a Harley-esque motorcycle. It's called, the motorcycles are called, are called uh, Corley's. And it's got like a shitload of exhaust pipes coming off the back. It's it's kind of like a cartoonish art style, sort of, sort of similar to Sam and Max. Uh, I you know probably closer to 
like Day of the Tentacle, but like toned down a little bit. Uh, so you play as this character, Ben. Near the beginning of the game, he is uh, framed for the murder of the owner of Corley Motors. The uh, the real this is not a spoiler. The real murderer, because you see it happen, uh, is like the second in command at Corley Motors. He's murdering the owner so that he can, you know, be the owner of it and kind of basically he wants obvious to like, motive. yeah, obvious motive. And he wants to start making uh, minivans also, which, oh, gross. which, yeah, which like the main guy would never do. I would go, go, go against the code. It would go against the code. You're right. The Corley Motors code. Um, the, the murderer's name is Adrian Ripburger. And so you are trying to basically the, the goal of the game is to kind of like, let everyone know that Ritberger is the one who did the murder so you can clear your name and then like, you know, try to help capture him or, or whatever. This was the first game that Tim Schaefer was like the head of. He had worked on several LucasArts point and clicks before this, but this was the one that he, this was the first one that he was in charge of. Tim Schaefer, you probably know him as Blake was mentioning earlier, uh, Double Fine, he's the, he's the head of Double Fine. Uh, he's been the head of games like Grim Fandango, Psychonauts, Brutal Legend, Costume Quest. And actually, the character Ben sort of looks like a cool version of Tim Schafer. Cooler. Cooler. <laughs> there you go, cooler version of Tim Schafer. Um, and also the villain, Ritberger, is voiced by Mark Hamill. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And, okay, so the uh, the game does not use, like, the classic verb interface. It uses what is generally referred to as the coin interface, where you don't have any of the, you know, push, pull, open, close buttons at the bottom, but you don't have any of that. What you do is you, like, right-click, or I think you just, actually, I think you just left-click even, and it brings up, like, whenever you left-click, it brings up, like, a couple of your options. It brings up this little, like, picture and you can, like, click on a boot to walk somewhere or kick things, uh, a hand to, like, you know, punch or, like, grab or pick up stuff. And then, like, eyes to look at stuff and then a mouth to uh, usually talk to things, but also to do other things with your mouth, which is semi-spoiler. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was coming. That is a verb. Uh, <laughs> what? No, not a verb. What'd you say? What's a verb? What's a verb? I don't know. A lot okay, of people, a lot of people, uh, so that's the whole setup of the game. A lot of people really love this game. Uh, for me, it's a good game that I was never really able to fall in love with. I played it back when it originally came out and I was like, yeah, this is all right, but you know, I don't, I just don't really love it. And playing it again now, I basically felt the exact same way. Um, so like the way the story unfolds, you know, obviously this is a point and click adventure game. It plays just like any other for the most part. I do like that the story unfolds throughout the entire game. A problem with some point and clicks is that, like, basically they set up the story at the beginning, and then there's, like, a shitload of puzzles that you do in between, and not much story happens, and then, like, at the end, it's kind of, like, bookended with the ending of the story, and then it plays out there. This one is much more, is, is much better paced, where, like, the story unfolds and, like, twists happen and stuff like that as you play through the game. And there aren't any really long stretches where you're just doing puzzle after puzzle. Uh, all the characters are also very well written, I think. They're, they all like are very distinct characters. They, they have their quirks and all that kind of stuff. Overall, the game is well written. And like I said, it's, it's paced really well. For me, the, the couple, a couple problems are it's very segmented. So like for instance, 
any at any given time at any given point in the game there are usually no more than like three different areas that you can go to so like when you're trying to figure out a puzzle that really that really limits the challenge of any given puzzle of any given puzzle because there are only so many things that you can do at any given time uh, it also removes it also really kind of removes the exploration aspect from the gameplay because you get to one area and you're like cool all right let me see what's around here then like five seconds later you've seen everything that there is to see <laughs> so that kind of it makes it easier which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it also just sort of like i felt like it really just kind of dumbs it down a little bit so the other problem is the story, as I said, it's told well and it's paced well, but the story itself is not that fantastic to begin with. It's not necessarily bad, but it's like, it's just not really anything special. It's, it's, it's your typical, all right, I'm framed for something I didn't do and now I got to clear my name type of story. And nothing super yep. interesting, no, nothing really interesting happens in the meantime. It all unfolds, like I said, very nicely, but there isn't much to unfold in general. I think that's... A lot of people would probably disagree with me on the story aspect of it, because um, a lot of people, like I said, really love this game. But for me, I just never really could get sucked into it. Uh, the, the art style is pretty good. Like I said, it's it's very cartoonish. The remastered version... To, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, torn on whether the remastered graphics look good. Technically, they do... Like, it's everything looks really clean, and the animation is really nice looking. But it also, like... For me, it was kind of too clean. Like, as I was switching back and forth between classic and remastered graphics, I found myself liking the um, the original, original graphics. Yeah, the original graphics more. Not necessarily because, just because of, like, the retroness of them, but because, like, they look a little bit more, like, dirty and, and grimy and that kind of stuff. And not, like, overwhelmingly so, but, like, the, the new version just looked, to me, like, way, way too polished. So... Again, that I have a feeling a lot of people would disagree with me on that as well, but that's just kind of how it how it came off to me. So full throttle. Uh, if you like point and click adventure games, you should definitely try this out because a whole lot of people like this much more than I do. Um, it's also a pretty like I said, it's it's fairly easy for the reasons that I talked about earlier. So it, it may be even a good first point and click adventure game. But I how just, do you make a point and click adventure difficult? Just out of curiosity, like what makes it difficult? Um, mostly like. It mostly comes down to the puzzles. Sometimes okay. it's difficult in a bad way, like you got to do some random ass shit that nobody would ever dream of to gotcha. to get through a puzzle. That's like the like quintessential like complaint that people have about a lot of difficult uh, point and click adventure games. But like for instance, if like Monkey Island One, it comes to mind as a pretty well balanced one. It's not like like just random ass shit difficult, but it's also not very easy. Because at any given time, like, you may have to, uh, you know, like, get to this or that or convince some person to do something or whatever. And to do that, you have, like, a bunch of other people you can talk to, a bunch of different places you can go and, like, look for stuff, a tons of, uh, tons of items in your inventory that you need to try using on various things. Whereas in Full Throttle, there are, at any given time, like I said, you may, be, you may have, like, three different areas to wander around in with not that much to look at in each area. Maybe, like two characters to talk to and like two items in your inventory. So like there's only so much to try out before you just eventually stumble on a solution by accident because there's, you know, only so much that you can do in the first place. 
That's my strategy in point-click adventures. Right there. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, I think everybody really, honestly, has to resort has to resort to that at some point. <sighs> but there's there's full throttle. Like I said, I'd have to say it's it's probably a good game. It's just not one for me. Okay. All right. Who's going second? I know. I think Jay was arguing about who wants to go second. I think it was you, wasn't it, Rob? Oh, me should go second? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I played Full Throttle. Oh, yeah, nice. LucasArts Point and Click Adventure. I've game. heard mixed things about that. Very <laughs> recently, I heard somebody that wasn't too into it, but a lot of other people are, are, seem to be pretty into it. Do so you want well. me to give you the rundowns to clear all that up for you? Um, Summarize it for me. Summarize. Um, you yeah, play as yeah. you play as Tim Schafer. Oh God! Any rise of motorcycle. I'm already not into this. <laughs> and Mark Hamill's there. Okay, now that part I like. Yeah. That part sounds fantastic. Except Tim Schafer eventually. Uh, well, I guess I don't want to give any spoilers, do I? Well, yeah. Jesus, what's wrong with you? That'd Mark be like Hamm- telling me that somebody dies. It would be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, for speaking of Mark Hamill, for my Final Fantasy VI playthrough, because I've talked about the Brave New World ROM hack, right? Oh, yeah. I think I talked about it when I finished. <laughs> yeah. I think I finished it. Okay, good. Um, when I did that, it was... My Kefka voice, he was the only character that I did much of a voice for, and my Kefka voice was actually Mark Hamill's Joker. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I've pretty much done that every time I've played through that game on stream now. And I just have a lot of fun hamming it up. Is that it's a lot of fun for me? That's cool. Yeah. All right, Jay, on to you then. Blake's talking awesome. about his game. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, no, thought he, I, thought he was I, I wasn't talking about my game. You're supposed to go second, right, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was. We were just dicking around talking about Mark Hamill. That's yeah. it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. What, what do you think about Mark for, Hamill? Because huh? for my uh, for my Kefka voice when I play through Final Fantasy VI on stream. I usually just do a Mark Hamill Joker voice for Kefka. Oh, that's pretty awesome. What yeah, was your question, Robert? Uh, I don't believe what are I had your thoughts on oh. Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. I was just what are my thoughts? Oh, you're just drawing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, for, so my, just to give you a heads up, my throat's really sore, so I might have to pause for a second. But, um, so for this uh, episode of the podcast, I played uh, a game that came out in 1999. For the PS1 called Crash Team Racing. Um, this hmm. is oh. a Mario Kart esque uh, game in the Crash Bandicoot universe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, this is something I played a lot when uh, when I was a lot younger, and I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. It's been a long time since I've played it again, and it was it was okay. It was. It was a wannabe Mario Kart with lack of creativity. Mm, okay. uh, so obviously, you know the general idea of a Mario Kart game. Um, you're racing. The items are a big impact, but the items in this game were not not as impactful as as they want to be, and they're not really that cool. Uh, and the other thing <laughs> with the items is they they are limited based on your place in the the race. So if you are in first place, you are limited to like. Six out of seven times, you'll get one item, which it's an okay item. It's pretty much the banana from Mario Mario Kart. So if somebody runs into it, they come to a complete stop. Um, 
and then there's one other item you can get like one out of like seven times like it, it's actually crazy so okay. if you're in first place you are literally just the items don't do anything for you. Every time you grab them, you're just spamming whatever you get from it because it's just not that impactful. Whereas the, the further you go back in line, the higher you high chance you have to get the rarer items. Um, there's a star-like mechanic with the masks. You know, obviously the yeah, masks. Yeah, I figured the there would be. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as I thought of it, I was like, "What items do they even have in Crash?" Well, there's the mask. Oh yeah. And uh... mask crate, want right. the fruit. Um, and then there's missiles. Uh, the missiles pretty much act like a blue turtle shell. They hit the person. I think either directly in front of you or in first place. I haven't had to. I haven't used it. Had to use it very much because I've actually done very, very well in most of the races because the AI is not that impressive. Um, but the Wampa fruit, you collect them throughout the match. It's it's kind of like coins. It improves your overall uh, power just a little bit, and it stacks up to ten times. It affects your damage, speed, and then something else. I think it's like your luck on items or something random like that. Uh, primarily, if you can get them, they're kind of okay, but it's not impactful. Like if two people of equivalent equivalent skill play against each other. Like it would be, it would do pretty much nothing. Like it's it's actually that minimal. Like it's just, it just really doesn't do that much. So at first I was like really excited. I tried to get up to ten as soon as I could, um, to you know obviously have the buff. But I noticed like after all, I'm like I don't even notice a difference. Like it's just not even. I didn't work that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Um, and then the so kind of going to the game, the single player is the same as um, what was it called? What was the other Mario Kart esque, but it had more the more uh, story driven one where you went through different worlds and entered different levels? Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, sorry, it's more like Diddy Kong Racing. Sorry, um, which is kind of the same, but you know, with, with the single player. So, so single what's player the difference? You, uh, does Mario Kart have a single player like Diddy Kong Racing does, where you drove around the it world? It doesn't have level? one like that, but it does have a single player. Okay. It's more for Mario Kart single player. What you do is you go into a specific cup, and each cup will have four different uh, races. Gotcha. And you'll play through each of those back to back, to back gotcha. to back. So in Crash Team Racing, similar to Diddy Kong, oh, okay. uh, similar to Diddy Kong Racing, you you're you know there's different worlds you enter. You clear each level uh, once you get an item. Then you face the boss, which then unlocks harder versions of the levels you just beat and then you can go for like you know these really rare uh relics that have different um you essentially have to do different things oh my god stop spamming robert um you have to do different feats in order to collect them and as you collect them you can unlock characters with them too which primarily mo so far from my scene they're all bad guys uh so single player just like did racing um you play through levels they're not super hard uh, I've, I've definitely noticed it get more difficult, but I don't really see how the game get, you know, it's a racing game. The items make very little impact. There's a couple that are really useful. And again, the Wampa Fruit really don't do a whole lot. So the overall difficulty of the game is not too bad. I've actually cleared through a, a good number of worlds so far, or zones, I guess. And it's been okay. Like, I've just been kind of cruising through it. The game wasn't as good as I remember. I would much rather play Diddy Kong Racing because of uh, the variance in vehicles makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, sound effects were obviously very crash. They used the same soundboard. I'm pretty sure it, it, it sounded like the same things from uh, Crash Two Vortex's uh, Revenge. Uh, music, okay. I mean, it's just you know, imagine just like a crash game. It's very subtle. It's not exciting. It doesn't really add too much to it. Um, but yeah, the game is okay. I probably won't play it again for a very, very long time. Um, like I said, if if you're gonna play this or Diddy Kong Racing, go for Diddy Kong Racing for sure. Right on. Was that the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure.
Um, yeah, I never played Diddy Kong either, but from oh, what really? I've seen, it's it's more of the kind of like you have a hub world that you drive around in. Exactly. As opposed to with the Mario Kart games, where it's just like you want to select this set of races that you want to run and see how well you do with these four. Okay. Uh, and I like those ones, the Diddy Kong and the Crash races. They just felt like knockoffs to me. They felt like really trying to be what Mario Kart was, and I just didn't care about them. I was like, Diddy Kong, you're essentially already a Nintendo character. Just go join Mario Kart if you want to have a kart race or that bad. And then with Crash, Crash as a series was not something I was ever that big into. Oh, really? But speaking of, we have very, very soon the Crash HD re-releases coming up. Either late this month or early next month. I can't remember which. Let me double check. Crash Bandicoot PS4... You're Ooh. both. You are both. Uh, ooh, got him. <laughs> Gender from Robert. Release yeah, yeah. day. Always. Uh, second release June 30th. So in about yeah. a week. That's pretty exciting. Exactly a week. Yeah, for any fans of the series, if you have a PS4, Crash Bandicoot HD re-release coming real, real soon. Uh, yeah, I, I have not ever been into the Crash games too much. They were awkward 3D platformers. Yeah. I felt like they were inferior to Super Mario 64 as far as the idea of a 3D platformer, and I already don't think Super Mario 64 is a very good 3D platformer. Wow. I enjoyed the Crash games. Wow. They're fun. I enjoy Mario 64 games. Yeah, I enjoy that as well. Games, plural. <laughs> well, the one. The one of Yeah, them. game. The one of, the, the one of those games. Uh, for me, oh, man, I've played a few things recently. I finished my playthrough of Final Fantasy Tactics. Nice. It's been very interesting learning that speedrun. I haven't had a chance to go back and play it again since I finished that speedrun, and I'm probably going to do that tomorrow. I'm either playing that tomorrow or I might be doing Vagrant Story because I've for been, for for this month and very, very early portion of next month, I've supported I was supposed to be playing through all of the Ivalice titles. I did Final Fantasy Tactics, and then I was going to do Vagrant Story, and then I was going to do Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 1 and then 2. Unfortunately, through trying to run Vagrant Story, I haven't been able to get a setup for it on an emulator on my PC for the simplicity of streaming it from my PC. I have messed around with this for, I don't know, a dozen, maybe two dozen hours at this point, just fiddling around with different settings and different plugins to try to get it to work. But there's always some issue with it that makes it look bad, that makes it look cheap. So if is I'm going to be playing... Is it an issue with the emulator Vegas, or is, it, is it an issue with the ROM? Um, the emulator. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I've tried a few different emulators, and like since upgrading to Windows 10, some of my old ones don't work. Mm. Just a little shit sad. like that. It's been a very, very fun time for me. Uh, so if I'm going to play, I'm probably going to have to do the PS3 version. The reason I don't want to do that is because it means getting on to my PS3, and uh, streaming it through my PS3, making sure everything works with the PS3, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so much easier to just do it from an emulator on my PC. But that's not going to work if I do decide that I want to do that. Uh, and because of timing, I, I don't know. I might try to do it. 
right now we just got into the start of the Final Fantasy V Four Job Fiesta, which I'm sure I talked about last year as well. Uh, it's essentially a randomizer where I get four different jobs assigned to me by a randomization tool, and those are the only four jobs that I can use in a playthrough of Final Fantasy V. It's very fun. I plan on getting around to doing at least one run before the release of Final Fantasy XII next month, but who knows how well it's going to work out. So the other thing that I've been up to, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, let's go back to that really quick. Yay. The conclusion and the speed run. <laughs> Oh man, it has it was really really wild learning some of the speedrun tricks and I actually had one of the guys that has been running the game for quite a while pop into my chat and kind of help me out with some of the like because the notes that I was looking at were actually really 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 poorly done. They were essentially notes written by somebody for themselves. Mm. So it was like it was notes that he would understand but that anybody on the outside looking in would just be like fucking chicken scratch. What the hell is this supposed to mean? Uh, so a guy came in and he was like, no, no, you don't have to do that. That's not how that's supposed to happen in that part. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think that made any degree of sense here, but thank you for clarifying. So the rest of the game, just simply amazing. Uh, one of the things that I really like, the credit sequence, even just after you beat the final boss, one thing I really love is uh, the text after you kill her. The text that pops up is... Congratulations, the game is complete. Which is just this really cool fourth wall breaking moment that it came out at the time where games were taking themselves very seriously. You didn't see a lot of fourth wall breaking mini moments in, in video games like that. And it was just them going, yeah, this was a video game. And you played it and you beat it. Congratulations. Whereas back in like the 80s, early 90s, every game was like, congratulations, you beat the game. Don't do drugs and nonsense like that. <laughs> uh, but at this point in time, I mean, even from the same company, from Squaresoft, Final Fantasy VII comes out and its credit sequence is this, at the time, well-animated, uh, artistic-looking shot of your characters running out of the North Crater, of the meteor smashing into the planet and then being stopped by the planet, being stopped by Holy... And then at the end of Final Fantasy Tactics, they're like, congratulations, the game is complete. And it's just this little moment that has always stuck, stuck with me and I've always loved. And then after that, you get the greatest credit sequence music of all time. I don't know that any game out there has better music than what, this, than what Tactics has as its credits rolls. Just a stunningly beautiful song. I love that one. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing another run of it tomorrow to work off some of the rust and to try to get some of the things that you do during a run ingrained into my head to try to get them memorized because it's going to be a lot of running to get that figured out. Uh, now then, after beating that, because Vagrant Story wasn't working, what two games did that leave? That left Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and Tactics Advance a2 uh, so i booted up final fantasy tactics advance for Yay. the second time ever in my life yeah <laughs> uh i and at this point i'm i'm sad that i did it <clears throat> i'm regretting it yeah. it starts off uh it's it's got more good things to it than i remembered but it's still terrible and the story starts off so childish. Uh, the, the story Fox. starts off childish, and then it never gets good. 
That's yeah, the best it, part. It, it literally doesn't do anything. There's no arc. It's just... Yeah. It's lame shit. So the story, story starts off as you being a new kid at school, and you befriend the two kids that get picked on all the time because you're the new kid, so you get picked on too, of course. Of course. And then you guys go to hang out. Your brother's a cripple, and you guys have a book, and you all get sucked into the book. And then you're walking around, and it's Final Fantasy because here is an example of bad fourth wall breaking, where it's just it's very childish and dumb and forced and terrible over dialogue. and over and over. And terrible terrible dialogue. fucking dialogue. And the when, it, like when it even has dialogue, the music is really good, and it reminds me a lot more of you liked like, it. Ogre I, Battle. Certain parts. Oh, I can kind of say that. Okay. I don't know. Just coming off Final Fantasy Tactics, I did. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so story-wise, as the game goes on, it's uh, gone. What I like about it is the idea of the story, in that you are trying to get your friends to confront their life's problems instead of running away from it like childish cowards. It's a, it's a story that should be about growing up, and it's executed terribly. It's just you're running around and your friends are dicks to you. And you're just like, oh, okay. Uh, one friend that created the world is the prince of the world and he doesn't want to go. He wants the world to stay active as it is because his mom's alive there and his dad isn't a washed up failure. So he wants to stay there because of that. You don't get to really confront him about that problem for a while. Your other friend, uh, she got made fun of in school because she had to dye her hair. And the big sympathetic t thing for her is you go to do this mission. This is almost right where I stopped the game. I stopped a little bit after this, and I think I'm done with it now entirely. But that's a gameplay reason, and we'll get to that in a bit. So you run into her a few times, and the last time I ran into her, she's like, oh, hey, the, the crown wants your head now. The castle's after you. And you're like, oh, geez, I know. That's really scary, right? And she's like, well, if you get in my way, I'll turn you in. If you try to get, if you try to destroy this world, I will turn you in as well. And you're just like, oh well, what the fuck? I guess I'll leave later. And then she talks to her new friend that she's made in this new world, and is like, oh, I had to dye my hair a lot because people made fun of me for having white hair, and I felt I don't want to have to go back to that. That's her whole reasoning for it. And yeah. you're just like, you don't have these moments where you're telling them. What the hell? You need to grow up. It's time to accept your life. It's time to be an adult about it. No, you just walk around and you're like, this place sucks. You actually get confronted by one of the villains and they're like, why? Why do you want to change this world back? And you just go, dot, dot, dot. Well, I... And that's it. It's all I said in the whole scene. It's fucking terrible. Hey. Uh, I don't remember if the rest of the, if the last arc of the game really does anything better than that, but from when I first played it, I don't recall it like really bringing the point across in a way that made me care at all. So I'm assuming that no, no, it doesn't. And even if it does, up to this point, the execution has been shit anyway. Gameplay-wise, the game does do some interesting things. Yes, it does. Uh, it has it continues the job system from Final Fantasy Tactics. But instead of having everybody be able to access every job except for males and females get to access one different job, it now has uh, races, races that were introduced in Final Fantasy XII's version of Ibelis, which takes place sometime before Final Fantasy Tactics. So Final Fantasy XII introduced us to the Mughals of the world, as well as Vieras, a.k.a. the Bunny Girls, 
and Benga, which are the lizard people walking around. And I can't remember. I'm pretty sure ta- uh, 12 does have some of these guys in it. But the new Mao, which are like furry dog things that walk around. Uh, the different races all have access to different classes. There is some spillover in the classes between a few of them. Uh, a few races have access to the white mage, a few to the red mage, or the white mage and the black mage. And then there are very similar classes among some of them, such as the Defender and the Paladin, and the Mog Knight all being somewhat similar classes. Uh, the Mog Knight also has a few abilities that are closer to the Warrior, I think, and the Fighter for humans. Uh, just little stuff like that. And it's a cool class system. It brings back the Final Fantasy IX equipment learning aspect, and I don't mind it as much here because you're not constantly getting your party switched out to different parties. So you're able to focus on the group of characters that you want to focus on, which is nice. It does feel very slow, and I guess part of that is probably because as a Final Fantasy Tactics fan, one of the things I love about Tactics is being able to get into a fight and then just sit there and grind up job points for a single class for like an hour and just be done with the grind after that point for that class. Whereas here, you have to go into a fight after fight after fight because you don't get job points in this game. It's called AP, ability points. You don't get AP here from doing actions in a fight. You get it from finishing a fight. So when you finish a fight, you'll get like 40 AP and you will have anywhere from one to 300 on average uh, points needed to master one of the abilities from a piece of equipment. Another thing that this game does that I'm not sure how I feel about it is uh, related to the equipment. The equipment doesn't make that much of a difference a lot of the time. The stats that you gain from equipping certain pieces of gear, fairly minor. A lot of the time, the reason that you're going to be changing your gear out is so that you can start learning and mastering a new ability for your current job, which is... uh, It's a good thing given that the equipment learning system is in place in the game, but it's a bad thing because I just feel like almost there's never any reason to worry about what weapon you have equipped. As long as you've been trying to learn the abilities of your class early on, like as they become available, you're not going to be super far behind on your attack. And even if you are like five weapon tiers behind, you're still only missing out somewhere between five to 10 damage uh, or attack rating. And your classes, your leveled up attack rating is the more important thing. As you level up, depending on what job you are, You'll get different stat ups, and if you're fighter based classes, you'll be getting more physical attack up, and that is going to be the big difference maker for uh, how much damage you do. For example, if uh, I think it's like a Hume Black Mage, you probably get maybe four or five attack up per level up, and then as a as like one of the fighter classes, you'll be getting nine nine attack up every level up. So that's a difference of four attack between the two classes. And the difference between most pieces of equipment, most weapons, you'll see two damage difference between one tier and the next tier. And that's not very big. That's next to nothing. It's very, very lame and unfortunate, but that's just the way that they chose to balance out the equipment learning aspect of the game, I guess. Which, what can you do? Uh, one of the other big gameplay aspects of the of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance that I really, really, really liked the idea of, but I'm not so much a big fan of the execution, 
is the proposition system, which makes a return from Final Fantasy Tactics, but it is the majority of the game's gameplay here. There are 300 different missions for you to undertake, and each mission is different in different ways. There are tiers of missions, and you level up your, your clan, and you can take on higher-tiered missions and all this kind of stuff. And the way that it works in Final Fantasy Tactics is you would take three of your generic characters and you would send them off to a mission uh, up to three. Didn't have to send three. But you could send up to three of your guys off and they would go and they would complete this mission and they'd come back and they'd say, this is the way. And then they would get some job points from going out and exploring. And you'd sometimes get treasures and all this stuff. And everything that they discovered meant absolutely nothing, which was really <laughs> unfortunate and lame. And I hated that aspect of tactics. I loved the idea of these propositions and your characters going off on these adventures and finding this sword from an ancient civilization or they'd find uh, they discovered a new land like the Chocobo Forest or something like that. And they'd discover it and there'd be a little note about it in your book but you, there was no it didn't do anything. It was just there as a note for you to look at and go ooh ah. And that always super super disappointed me when I was younger. So I love the idea that in Tactics Advance a lot of these propositions are it's once again dispatch missions where you'll send one of your team members off to go complete it. And then you either have to walk around a certain number of days or get into a certain number of fights or beat up a certain number of enemies for them to come back from said mission. Uh, there are also, however, missions where you go to a specific area. They're essentially side quests and there's a ton of them. And they're just little extra missions where you go in and you fight somebody somewhere. And I love that part of it. I do wish it was a little bit better fleshed out. And yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the propositions, once again, do end up being quite lame, but it's a very side quest-driven objective for the game overall. So that part is nice. The other thing that makes me hate the game and has essentially led to me quitting it now is the law system, which is <laughs> This is my least favorite bad. part about this game as well. When I first started it up, uh, up until a certain point, the laws did not do anything to my team i was like man i can't believe that these laws bothered me so much when i was younger what was it about these laws that made it so that i didn't want to play the game so much why did they suck so much enjoyment out i have not gotten a single yellow or red card so far and then i reached a certain point in the game where uh, due to plot advancement the judges of the land were now putting out stricter and more laws so instead of having one good and one bad law per fight there were two good and two bad laws per fight. And as far as I can tell, given that I started getting so many more yellow cards after this point, I'm pretty sure that the laws that they put out also changed to be much more restrictive. So what laws yeah. do is you'll get into a fight and you'll walk up to a guy and you'll swing your sword and you'll be like, yeah, all right, that was great. I did some good damage there. Uh, look at that, he's almost done, and then you'll, your next guy will hit, get his turn right after, and you're like, yes, all right, I'm going to walk up, and I'm going to hit this guy with my sword as well. And if you haven't been paying attention to the laws, you may miss the fact that there is a copycat law this battle. And the copycat law means that you cannot do the same action one after the other. So you can't have two people use the fight command one after the other. And if you were to do that here, you would get a yellow card, or... If you're really unlucky, you would get a red card and that character would immediately go to jail. So these are essentially punishments uh, that are... The idea of it is that it's to make you play in different ways. 
the actual execution of it is just that it's a boring, annoying mechanic that gets in the way that the best way to deal with it, instead of changing up your strategies for the next fight, because there are some fights where you're specifically trying to master an ability on one class, and so you have to have a specific weapon equipped, but they don't want you to use that weapon in the fight, but the best thing to do with that character is to use that weapon. So that's a pain in the fucking dick. So what are you going to do instead of completely changing up this character's job and his equipment setup and everything? You're just going to walk around on the map for a few days until it gets to a set of laws that don't completely ream you in the dick hole for just trying to simply play the game. How you want uh, to play the game. Yeah. It's annoying as hell. It's not interesting in the slightest. And it's fucking terrible mechanic that i cannot believe people ever thought was a good thing there's nothing fun or interesting around about the mechanic if you were to try and do um a a playthrough of the game where you don't specifically go out of your way to burn time so that you get a decent law setup that isn't stupid as shit uh then i could see that almost being okay for like a challenge run for yourself but as a general gameplay mechanic oh it's got awful Yep. It's worse. It's the worst part about the game, and I say that about a game that is a sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics, where the story is completely childish. It might as well not exist, to be honest. Because I, I played that game for hundreds, hundreds of hours, and I don't remember the story at all. I played it for hundreds of hours. Oh yeah, because I used to do all the extra Damn. missions. Damn! Holy shit! I 100 percent of the game the first time I ever played it, and I was utterly it's. All right, so there's a reward when you 100% the game. You get a special character to join your team. I won't spoil it if uh, if that's a big thing. I don't thing even remember you. this. That's so funny. You don't? It's All right, fine. So I'm going to spoil it. You get Judge Sid. Oh, okay. Your friend, the prince's dad, joins your team if you finish every mission in the game. Thing is, if you finished every mission in the game, why the fuck am I going to want something like that? Because there's nothing left to do. I really hate it when video games do this, where they're like, congratulations, you did the very, 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 very last thing in the game <laughs> that there is to do. Now have another gameplay thing. It's like, when am I going to use this? What do you want me to do with this? What do you expect of me right now? This character does nothing for me. Who cares? And yet they put it in there anyway. So he's there. And I he grinded it. <laughs> I, I grinded it. Yeah, I had my badge of honor. I really wish I could find that save. I don't know what happened to it. I looked around for it a little bit, but I, I just don't have it anymore, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I have also done a playthrough where I maxed out the game. There's also a few very, very, very broken class setups that I've been avoiding on this playthrough. Uh, I actually avoided them on my first playthrough as well because they're so uh, just absurd. There's a class for the Viera, the bunny girls, called the Assassin. They have an ability that uses your weapon to determine its, determine its range. And they've actually got a few different abilities. They've got one that is an instant KO maneuver. It will instantly knock out a target if it lands. It has something like a 50 or 60% hit rate. You can do this if you switch this character to the hunter class that they have, or the sniper class. They have weapons that have 5 plus range. So you can be instantly KOing targets from all the way across the map. If the KO doesn't work, they've got other abilities, like a stop effect and similar things. They're insanely strong, even without having the bow equipped to get the extra range. So They're broken as fuck. And then the best part is that I've never really talked to other people about this game until I started streaming it, and when I did, 
people were like, oh, yeah, I remember when I played it, I used the ninja, with, or I got dual sword from the ninja, and then I put that on my paladin. Guess what I did when I was younger, too? I gave my paladin dual wield because it was absurdly fucking strong. <laughs> the game has some really awful balance issues. Um, just some classes are way stupidly stronger than any of the others. And it's like, why should I just not use them to cheese my way through the game? So overall, it was surprising that some of the things that it does are actually really good, such as the, uh, the development of the proposition system from Final Fantasy Tactics. I was a big fan of that. But just about everything else is an incredible letdown. I, I did enjoy this more than the other games that I've gone back and given a chance to that wow. I didn't like when I was younger. Uh, I mean, like there are there's just certain things about the game that are okay. Like the job system is somewhat interesting, if incredibly flawed. The proposition system is really cool compared to when I went back to play Chrono Cross and Final Fantasy VIII. I would take a full playthrough of Tactics Advance before I would want to play through either of those games. Jesus. Yeah. Wait till you get to play the next one. Well, when I can, if I can, there's a problem with that. Um, that game is. What was the other thing I want? What to say about tact oh the other thing that really really has driven me insane in tactics advance is that it is so slow oh. not just plot wise or anything like that but the combat itself yeah what what moves I forget what at it a is. snail's pace yeah well, isn't like the dialogue or it's something weird no it's it's a few things it's like the way that the characters move is incredibly slow your characters take a few seconds to walk anywhere uh, the menus themselves navigate very slowly. It loads up a little bit slowly, and it just gets really irritating after 15, 20 hours of it. And then the major thing that slows combat down is the fact that the AI takes forever to figure out their turns. Really? It, oh, it takes oh, so long. They legitimately will sit there for like five plus seconds every time at the start of their turn. So, for example, if you're if you're up against uh, like a soldier, an enemy soldier, the soldier will sit there, walk in place for five to ten seconds, going, "All right, I'm gonna move over to this spot and then punch you," and then they'll finally do it. But uh, that's right. That's already slow enough, right? But what if you're up against an archer? Then the archer, let's say that the archer is in range of being able to shoot you. The archer will sit there for five seconds, going, "Huh." I'm in range of this target. I'm going to go ahead and shoot them without moving. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and do that right now. And then it will finally do that, and it will shoot the arrow at you. And then after that, it will sit there for another five or ten seconds going, God, you know what? I've still got my move to use up this turn. I've got to figure out where I'm going to move. That was the first over one you could save during combat, couldn't you? And over and over um yeah you couldn't do that in final fantasy tactics one but you can yeah you games. can do it in the south yeah so I, so I remember i played it on the game boy sp i think if i remember correctly um was that a version of the game boy advance yeah uh no it was a version of the game boy yeah yeah I this so. was only released on the uh game boy advance yeah this is uh yeah here we go yeah game boy advance sp is what it's called okay yeah advance sp Um, yeah, it, it just moves slow as shit, so I had to start using my fast-forward function. Man, oh, it was fucking maddening. I, I could not believe how slow-paced the game was. I started fast-forwarding through most things. It was terrible. Uh, 
as for advance two, the problem is I have about a week and a half left right now, and then I'm going off to SGDQ. And then when I come back from SGDQ, I want to jump right into Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. So I can't have too many things. Uh, I've got to focus on projects that I can get done before then. If I play Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2, which I do want to, uh, it will. I'll have to like do a couple of extra long streams, and it means that I won't get to play anything else in that time. You're gonna play through it. You're gonna beat it. That was that's the plan. Yeah, because people have said that it's much better than Tactics Advance. I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I didn't like either of them, but I think I liked A2 worse. Really. Yeah, everyone else I've ever talked to has always said, "Oh God, I hated Advance, but I really liked Advance too." That's crazy, dude. The I did not like. I felt like the combat system was really very poorly translated, and then the story is just—I don't know. There's a lot of things I didn't like about that game. Hmm. I tried to play it a couple times, but I just—I couldn't do it. Like it's just—I don't—I don't. It was such a simplistic version of tactics from the combat perspective. They removed all of like the elements that you kind of figured out throughout you know your entire playthrough i don't know the game was just i can't really think of anything good about it this time hmm. but it's been a while I, mean, I think it's been like a year or two at least i mean to be fair tactics advance had already done that so it's very true top threes top three top. smack this randomizer button all right so are we doing both or do you want to just do one I just did the one, actually. I forgot about the second part. Okay, so the, um, was the second part. Fatalities. Oh, yeah. That one I remember now that you mentioned it. I didn't do it either, though. So. Okay, we'll do... Uh... I'm, watching, I'm watching a fatality video right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched a bunch uh, yesterday because I thought we were still doing this. Uh, so, top three favorite Mortal Kombat characters um, pre-2005. So, basically, any game... Any Mortal Kombat game is game as long as it's as long as it didn't come out after two thousand five. What the hell is that scratching noise? Like like scratching um, the bottom of something. Yeah, the bottom of my ice cream. I was about to say it sounds like ice cream. cream. <laughs> I really wanted to get that chocolate chunk. All right, sorry. Dude, I'm proud of you. Don't, don't apologize. <laughs> you gotta work for it sometimes. All right. Um. Let's see who goes first. It is Robert Blake J. Okay. My number three. Yep. Favorite Mortal Kombat character is uh, I'm gonna go with Scorpion. No, wait. Fuck. This isn't my list. <laughs> what the hell? Then why the hell does it have Scorpion on it? Were you talking about your top three things to put into a bottle of tequila? I have four characters written down, but this is not my top three. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm going to go with uh, Baraka. Oh. Because uh, I used to play him a lot in Mortal Kombat 2. Basically, I just thought he was cool because he has big old blades coming out of his arms. And, and big yeah, old teeth. Really yeah. That's all I got for number three. I always too. wanted to see a Baraka basketball in Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City. What would a Baraka basketball <laughs> be like? It would have spikes, and you would throw it at your enemies, and it would hurt them. Oh, that'd be What's pretty, funny that'd be good. he kind of looks like uh, one of the villains, I think, from the um, NBA. It was NBA James in the movie, the cartoon one. 
uh, I believe you mean NBA Jam. Space Jam. Sorry, Space Jam. Space, space Jam. Yeah, I was Neither say, of space... those have an S on the end. So what? What? You said Space Jams and NBA Jams. All right. Moving on. I'm telling you that that's not the correct name of them. What? Oh, well, that's pretty funny. Look at this. <laughs> Barack Obama. It's funny as hell. <laughs> All right, thank you for that. Who's, yeah, who's next, Blake? I think it's Blake. You're the one that did the random, so I guess it'll be me. Mine is, a, it's a real answer, but it's a joke, just because the character seemed like such a joke, but he really wasn't. Uh, Striker, which was the cop. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it's a game that has a bunch of real characters, like people that were motion captured and shit such as uh, Johnny Cage and whatnot, but something about Stryker and his character design just makes me laugh. Yeah, he yeah, just for sure. feels so out of place. It's like, when I think of Stryker in Mortal Kombat, I think of just a plain old cop <laughs> yeah. excited that he wanted to kick somebody's ass, and he's like, yeah, I got a billy club. I'll knock somebody out. Yeah, that's really true. Like, he looked almost like a like a mall cop or something. In the in, Which one was it, the first one that he was in? Was it two or three? Um, I think three. Look at, I think three is. Well. I'm, I'm looking at picture. Like he did not. You're right. He did not look like any. He just looked like a normal dude. Yeah, like Johnny Cage. He looks like he belongs in a martial arts tournament. Striker's yeah. just like, I'm a cop. I got some riot grenades. Let's go out there. Let's do it. I'll turn my cat backwards. <laughs> and then I'll bust a cat. Hi. Oh, there you go. Was he the one that turned into T Rex? Uh, well, oh, geez, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember oh, okay. any of the anime. Maybe. I just oh, watched sorry, one of his. Like, I, just, I just watched one of his fatalities, and he straps like a bunch of dynamite to the person, and then like jumps across to the other side of the screen, and then blows him up. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh man, that's that's a good so one. You almost right, said so it, Robert. Uh, my number three is Scorpion. Um, yeah. Kind of. Oh, I mean, good. I feel like. I mean, it's yeah. I feel like he's uh, probably what probably one of the most iconic ones. From oh yeah, the actual definitely. Mortal Kombat for, for sure. sure. And it, one of the uh, top two or three. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the one-liner that everybody always says whenever you reference Scorpion. Yeah. I feel I feel like that's like one of the first things people go to whenever you talk about Mortal Kombat. Get over here. Yeah. That's it. Muffled and everything, just like that. <laughs> yeah. It's got yeah. A mask on. He just is solid number four for me. I'll give you a solid number four. <laughs> Uh, never gets old. He's lying. It's only three and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm good gonna, lighting. It's four, embellishing. Is bad lighting, I guess. I don't. I don't blame you. I'm gonna do a four job fiesta with your mom. That one, <laughs> that one never gets old either. <laughs> oh fuck! All right. Uh, well, I'm just trying to. There's. I guess there's enough jobs you could do there. Yeah. All right. I'll allow it. Thank you. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to get nerd upset at you, like. Uh, excuse me, but there are not four different jobs that you and a lady could perform. And I was like, yeah, no, I can think of at least four. <laughs> I can think of at least four. <laughs> All right, number three. Number two. Two. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Robert the Counter King. Number two. <laughs> yeah, I have hey, random. Guess, guess what Scorpion turns into? What? Guess oh, what let me guess. Scorpion turns into. A T-Rex. St- a stingray. <laughs> stingray. I thought it would be a scorpion, but it's not. It's not? 
What is uh, what so is find out what reptile turns into, please? Because it better be a reptile. So Shiva turns into a scorpion. Striker turns into a T Rex. How, how who came up with this? Kano turns into a tarantula. Whose job was it to figure out who turns into what? Night Wolf turns into a wolf. Okay. Oh, all right. They got that one right. <laughs> Smoke turns into a. Bull. That makes it even worse. That means they weren't just going stupid random. That means they like, tried thinking about it. And then for Scorpion... Well, no, maybe the random just happened to give him the wolf. That's possible. Okay, that's true. That's a good point. But at the same time, Liu Kang turns into a dragon, so that's not totally... Rock yeah, is a vulture, Cyrax is a shark. I remember that. What's Scorpion? Or, yeah, what's Scorpion? Scorpion is a penguin. <laughs> now, Doesn't that at least be Sub-Zero that does that? <laughs> yeah. What does Sector turn into? Like giant bat. Sub-Zero turns into a polar bear, Striker into a T-Rex. See, yeah. what, what's this all about? Okay. Oops. Okay. All right. My number two mm-hmm. is a uh, reptile. Base- right. He's a solid fourth for me. I played a lot of reptiles. I'll give you a solid I'll give four. You a solid four. <laughs> oh! oh! Wow, way to be original, guys. Way to be so immature. Hey, hey, Rob. Classic yeah. immature podcast. Jinx, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight, nine. Oh man! I have to kiss. Yeah. I have to kiss. Yeah. Dang. Anyway. Yeah. Partly just because he's cool for himself, like, uh, I like that he, I like his color, because I think green looks cool on, like, those, like, ninja-type outfits that they had, and then, like, the fact that he could spit acid was pretty awesome, I thought, and the fact that he's fucking a reptile, but also, like, the whole, uh, like, mythos kind of leading up to him, where he was, like, a secret character in Mortal Kombat 1, but then you finally, but you didn't get to play him, and then you finally got to play him in Mortal Kombat 2, that, that, that all adds to it as well, so that's, that's why I'm going with reptile, all those things. I, I bought okay. I bought Mortal Kombat X by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. <clears throat> no one plays that anymore. You know that, right? Oh, I know. Okay. I yeah. was just in the mood yeah, for like some checking. ultra violence. Checking. So is it my turn? Uh, yeah. My my number two is the dude that turns into a dragon. It's a Liu Kang. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be on your list. I was yeah. pretty sure it was gonna be on your list. He's um I was thinking about it and it's like oh yeah man Sub Zero was definitely one of the major players someone I used a ton. There was uh, there's uh, there's Scorpion. Ah, uh, yeah, totally played him a bunch. And then I was like, oh yeah, Liu Kang. That's who I pretty much always use. That's that's the dude. He's like main one character status. <clears throat> He's main character status. He's got the goofy bicycle kits, kicks. He does that. He does that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's the he's awesome in the movie. All right, I'll give you that. He's he is a... legit great as heck in the movie, man. You can't <laughs> even hate that guy. Um, yeah, he's got the great fireball. He's got like Sagat fireballs, I think, where you can fire higher, high and low. Um, well, he he's Liu Kang. He's the main character. He's got main character status. Yeah, and that's a good one. I personally never liked any of like the normal people type characters. They I were... sort of I didn't too much, and that's probably part of why I never got too into Mortal Kombat. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I played a bunch of Liu Kang. I guess it would be him. Because, like, oh, yeah, Scorpion, he's got the hook. And I was like, the hook is dumb. Like, oh, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero's got the ice. He's got the freezy. He can slide around. He's sliding around. is dumb. He's dumb. <laughs> and then Liu Kang is great because he goes, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, the end. J, number two. Wow, that was kind of rush. Uh, my number two <laughs> is Cabal. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, I, okay. I really enjoyed playing Cabal. I just thought he was so cool in his weapons. I had not seen something like that prior to playing 
uh, Mortal Kombat. And so it was just really, really impressive. And I loved how uh, his body movements were with him. Like, it was just super cool. I don't remember. I was trying to look up some of his. Uh, I don't think I really ever like played finishers. him. What was his skeletal rhinoceros? Rams the opponent away. Interesting. Is that his animality? That's his animality. Yeah. The skeletal rhinoceros. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Nice. 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 All right, number one. One. My favorite Mortal Kombat character. I'm gonna have to go with. It's close between this and Reptile, but I gotta give the edge to Smoke. Part of it's the same reason, uh, the same part of the reason that I like Reptile is because he was a secret character for a while, and then you eventually got to play f- with him. So that like that was just fun to get to play as like what, somebody who was secret uh, previously a secret character, but also he was a robot, and that's pretty awesome too. And he could like do the disappear trick and all that shit. Uh, so Smoke was always really cool to me. He really is a badass character. Yeah. Smoke was really cool. I liked it when they added some of the crazier characters as they went on around two and three. It's like Smoke, um, Ermac. Yeah, oh yeah, Ermac uh, was awesome. Rain and Rain. some of the other characters, like uh, who you mentioned earlier, Cyrax. Yeah, Cyrax and, and Sector. Sector, yeah. yeah. Sector's dope as shit. All the bombs. Cyrax almost made it onto my list because I think he's the one that has the net, right? Yeah. I believe yeah. so, yeah. I was like, that's such a dumb attack. Why not give that to Striker? What a loser. <laughs> Just have him become a fisherman. Forget it. He's a cop by day, fisherman by night. Not that you really go fishing at night that much. That would be probably the other way around. But look, it does not ma- it doesn't matter. What does matter? Make this a new show. What does matter is my number one, which is probably the best fighting game Easter egg of all time, Reptile. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he is the original Easter egg character. He's the one that started that whole trend off. And uh I mean he was cool in the later games as well. But I put him on my list for being the Easter egg that we heard about as kids that was actually true. Ooh, Sonic is in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah. All that bullshit. Nah, nah. Reptile was talked about and he was real and it was a real thing. Yep. Amen. Good one. All right. Uh, on to me. My number one is Cyrex. <laughs> For a bunch <laughs> of reasons. He's the character, he's the character <laughs> I played the most. Um, I love the fact that he bled oil mm-hmm. instead of blood. It was just so cool oh, yeah. coming out of his like robotic Like It was just so cool looking. The net was really fun. The bombs were really fun. The teleportation was really cool. I was just looking at some of his uh, fatalities, and one of them he self-destructs. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one, and I remember thinking it was stupid because he's killing himself too. Yeah. There's what the one. Hell? Do you remember? Um, I was when I was watching these. Smoke has one where he um like throws like uh, like ten bombs at the like you know how he would shoot bombs out of his chest. He like yeah. shoots like ten of those on the ground by the other person, Coach. and then it zooms out and shows the whole Earth blow up. Okay, <laughs> I, that one sounds a little familiar. That's in three, Armageddon. Right? It's called Armageddon. Uh, it may be. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah, it's three. I'm a pretty series sure. of time bombs spews out of his stomach, which results in Earth destruction. That implies. Yeah, it's three because in two he wasn't a playable character, and he was just like a regular like ninja okay. type type guy, and he wasn't even a robot. I really like the the visual designs right. of Cyrax, Smoke, and Sector. They just look so sick. Yeah, they were awesome. Plus the announcer, the announcer in the Mortal Kombat games was so iconic. In Mortal Kombat X, there's one character 
who's called like tri what's his tri triborg is that, is that right blake um i don't remember i think it's triborg and he's a robot was he added this dlc later is that uh possibly i'm not sure because i just bought the thing with everything because it was all cheap yeah and um that that sounds like dlc but every character has three stances that you choose from and his three instead of like three stances he's got you pick from uh yeah he's either smoke or cyrax or sector that's kind of cool yeah i'm watching the smoke right now. (laughs) i didn't really like the stance idea in that game you did that was cool yeah I, yeah, I haven't really played it enough to, like, really get a good appreciation for yeah. it. But, Just um, like, yeah, just like the way that cool. it, uh, the way that it affected, or could affect matchups. I really liked that. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty good idea. Even if a lot of the time it ended up uh, in the pro play and it ended up coming down to, oh look, he this is the best stance for this character. You're just gonna use yeah, that all yeah. The time. <laughs> There's some really cool ones. I watch more of this chick like digest a bunch of nails and then spits them at the opponent. <laughs> oh my god, I don't remember all these. I would say, god, my honorable mentions would probably have to go to Scorpion Sub-Zero and Sub-King. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like the most, probably the most. Sony was super OG and uh, kind of cool. I think I actually liked Kano more than a lot of them. Oh, I, really? I liked his cannonball because he was a regular human that turned into Blanca, and I was like, that's dumb as fuck. <laughs> I'd probably say Ermac and Scorpion for my honorable mentions. Probably, I'd say maybe, Sub-Zero. Yeah, so, I mean, Sub-Zero's up there too, but I'm just trying not to list just every single <laughs> ninja person. Yeah, exactly. True. That's why, that's part of what the turnoff to me was for the ninjas. Yeah, I can, I can see as, that. As it went on, it was just another one, another one, another one, <laughs> yeah. another one, another one, another one. <laughs> and like by by the time three came out, the new ones being added were the cool ones, like Rain and uh, Ermac. I think was the other one, or was so. he? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Shinna. That's right. Yeah. So I believe Rain and Ermac were the other two that I was like, these guys are pretty sick. Yeah. This is so funny. Okay. Uh, emails. Emails. Yep. We have contest ideas from oh at melee underscore monkey. The hell was that? Chair moving. He sounded uh, like an eight bit dragon roaring. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is actually this should have been in the last episode. Um, his he has two ideas: a triathlon of Metal Gear speed run followed by a jujitsu tournament followed by a mayonnaise and pickle sandwich eating contest. Oh my God. That's disgusting. That's the worst thing I've heard since, uh, Robert started talking. (laughs) Alternative. His is his second idea. A jujitsu tournament while playing metal gear solid with one hand and Uh, eating a mayonnaise and pickle sandwich with the other. Wow. These are good contributions here. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Moving on. Did you email yourself again? <laughs> we uh, we got an email from Chase, the night cleaner. Subject line says, fight, fight. Good evening, gentlemen. Chase, the night cleaner here. How are you all doing today? I'm great. Fantastic. Thanks again, Chase. 
So right off the top, Jay, have you gotten the Final Fantasy Tactics Strategy Guide package yet? <laughs> yep. Yes, I have. Thank you so much. Sorry, it isn't filled. What? As a matter of fact. <laughs> Sorry, it isn't filled with as many cool things as the last package you got, but it was kind of a last minute send. Also, that book got mailed out way later than expected. Sorry for that, but funds were a bit tight at the end of last month, and that book is heavy. Dude, if you need me to pay for shipping, don't even worry about it. That, that, this book is fantastic. All that said, how are we looking for the new challenge? I think we're looking good. Also, did anyone else notice that there is going to be a new side-scrolling Metroid for the 3DS? Oh, yeah. It looks to be rip, uh, ripping off Metroid 2 pretty hard and placing Samus against a variety of maturing Metroids again. In fact, I just read an article on Retronauts, and it is a complete remake of Metroid 2. Now it makes sense that, that Nintendo would force the creator of not another Metroid 2 remake to take down the software because they were playing a very similar game all along. Yep, pretty much exactly what we said. And presently, that is the most exciting thing I can think of coming out of E3 that I know about so far. Speaking of E3 and the future of gaming, here comes my question of the day. Yay! I know this is a retro gaming podcast, but there's nothing I like to listen to more than some veteran gamers, he means us, discuss oh, their opinions on gaming today. So I have to ask, how do y'all feel about VR in the current generation, parentheses, Vive, Oculus, Sony VR? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, go f I'll go first because I don't have a whole lot to say, but just like it just doesn't really interest me too much. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's... Leading up to all this stuff being released, everybody was like, no, this is really good. You just got to try it. Like, it seriously, is awesome this time. Uh, VR is going to be amazing. And I just, I haven't seen anything come out that gets me excited about VR. There wasn't even a VR. lot of VR shown this year. Was there not? Yeah, not really. It was tucked away during the Sony presentation and then Bethesda because they don't know how to actually make new ideas. They're just re-releasing their old <laughs> games as VR. It's actually one of the things I meant to bring up earlier, but I, I cared so little about the Bethesda conference, I forgot about it. Uh, they're re-releasing Fallout 4 as now as DLC, and instead of lowering the price or anything, no, they're charging a full 60 bucks for the VR version of the game. And I haven't heard a confirmation one way or the other, whether this version comes with all of the DLC or not, but I'm guessing that it doesn't because it's Bethesda. So, yeah, who knows? What do you think about like the VR stuff in general so far, Blake? Like, are you kind of? It sounds like you're not. Really I don't that care even a little bit. Yeah, there's been one game that I've watched other people play. Um, I haven't I haven't played it uh, any VR myself at all, but there's been one game that I've watched get played in VR that actually seemed like it was a good VR experience, and that's the new Resident Evil, Resident Evil 7. Oh, yeah, it that, seems yeah. like it was a very good use of VR in a video game for once. Yeah. I agree. There's there That does look good, and... Uh... There have been, like, a couple other games that I've seen that was like, oh, yeah, this looks, like, pretty cool. But, like, none of them, like, are even, if it wasn't VR, like, really games that I would play over most of a lot of other stuff that I would rather play instead. Yeah. Uh, Jay, are you... Is Jay gone still? Nah, Jay's gone still. So he says, uh, I am a pretty big believer in the idea that VR or AR, augmented reality 
will replace conventional gaming for the most part at some point in the future. But this current generation feels like the mid to late 90s all over again. Entry point dollars to put it in your house is too high. Support for software is starting to dwindle. There is a big in-home space requirement for setup. And no matter how much the video game press that has played this type of experience talks it up, folks like me have no easy way of even demoing one of these headsets with the uber busy life I lead. Have any of you yeah. tried out current gen VR? No, I've not tried it. Nope. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I don't agree that it's going to, that it's likely to replace conventional gaming because I feel like a big, like my, I mean, and this is what it is, but I feel like a big thing against it, at least for me is like the fact that you have to put the mask on and you can't be a, like, you have to have all of this <clears throat> space for the setup and everything. Uh, it's, Regular console handheld style gaming isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, it's so much easier just to like look at a screen, pull out a controller or, you know, sit at your desk and have a keyboard and mouse and then just start playing something as opposed to like, all right, let me get the mask out. Now I can't see anything that's going on. Like, I feel like it's too much of a dedication to like sit down and play a VR game as opposed to other types of games. Well, that's it for me today, gentlemen. It's always great to hear from you, and please keep doing what you do. Your emailing fans seem to really enjoy it. Cheers and stay sassy. Chase the night cleaner. You too. Thanks as always. And one more from Michael. Hello. I stumbled onto your podcast around episode 7 when searching for gaming podcasts to fill time during my commute, and I've been a fan ever since. Thanks, Michael. Thank since, you. Since then... I've picked up a few more that I really enjoy. Watch out for Fireballs, Video Games Hot Dog, The Video Games Show, Retronauts. I'm curious, what gaming podcasts do you all listen to? Do you have any recommendations? Overall, I like the format of your show the best. Thank you. First yeah, of all. thanks. Um, I actually don't listen to any other gaming-related podcasts. I've been wanting to, but yeah, I, I have not had time to get into any of them. <laughs> I listen. I uh, I listen to the Giant Beast Cast a whole lot. I used to, starting, I guess like maybe three years ago or maybe a little bit more than that. I used to listen to the Giant Bombcast a whole lot, and then they kind of split that into two, into two things. So they have the Giant Bombcast and the Giant Beast Cast. And for me, the Giant Beast Cast is a lot funnier. Uh, then they they all. I, that's a really good one. They all know what they're talking about, and they're all really funny too. So I listen to the Giant Beastcast pretty much weekly, and uh, that's that's pretty much the only way. I, I listen to the Bombcast still every now and then, but not nearly as much as the Beastcast. Yeah, the closest I come to any podcast right now is, especially as far as retro goes, is Patient Gamers on Reddit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I read that. Wait, wait, yeah, you're I check it out every once in a while. So, but. Uh, one of those has a one of those subreddits has a podcast of their own. Even I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not that one. I don't think it's that one. I think it might be retro gaming that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I read uh, stuff on Patient Gamers as well. And I believe that does it. Are we playing Mortal Kombat still tonight? I don't think I'm gonna be able to actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the the intermission really screwed me over pussies i'll be around tomorrow if you guys are i'm i maybe 
you want to do it tomorrow night, tomorrow evening? I yeah. might be, but I'm gonna be doing my Final Fantasy record or Final Fantasy Tactics run tomorrow probably. And if I do that, there's like no way I'm gonna want to sit down and play Mortal Kombat afterwards. And just smash me and Robert for yeah, no. I got enough smashing I got to do, if you know what I mean. Oh! Insert Reverse. air horn noise here. I don't have it. Oh, man. Bam, 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 bam. So, uh, we'll do that hopefully before the next episode. If not, we'll try to do it after the next episode. Speaking of which, I believe it's time for our summer top 10 of 25 years ago extravaganza. Oh, wow. So, why don't we do that? Yeah, why don't we do that okay. next one? Uh... Uh, so, in two Fridays, by the way, I'm going to be out of town. Okay. Okay. So we'll have to either do one, uh, we'll record next week or three weeks from now. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. One Word. or the other. And I guess that does it. Mail us at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Send us your top whatever amount from 25 years ago. That is 1992. Okay, I was about to say, are you waiting for us to fill in? <laughs> I was waiting for I it. was stretching, so I couldn't, yeah. And uh, otherwise, send us whatever you want to say. Once again, mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Follow us at ClassGamesCast. <clears throat> I'm King Octavius on Twitter. Blake is Slackaholicus. Everywhere, just about. Yay. Pretty much, yeah. Jay doesn't do anything. I'll Twitter a little bit, but yeah. Uh, I'll do a whole lot. Really a little bit. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to check it right now. <laughs> and that's, yeah. I think that's I think that's a wrap. Peace. See you guys in two, uh, maybe one or one or three weeks. Two weeks on <laughs> average. Hey. <laughs>